Hello, everybody. Hey, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org, and our EU website, CWOWI.eu. We are a house church network. We celebrate the gathering of saints by meeting in homes, the way they did it in the early church, and the way it's done predominantly in all the world. In fact, it's only in the West that still clings to the auditorium church and parts of Africa as well. But most of the world, especially in Asia, India, etc., meet in homes. And it's not because of persecution. It's because the very first house church was Adam and Eve and the Lord walking and talking together in their home. He's never left the home, folks. In fact, the whole New Testament was written by apostles doing church in the home. So when you read your Bible, the only context to understand it in is within the home. The fivefold ministry, the Lord's Supper, baptism, all within home-based churches. So consider that when you read and visit our website, cwowi.org. All right, today asking the question, is the baptism with the Holy Spirit for you? And do, does a Christian receive the Holy Spirit when they are born again? This, uh, you know, the, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is the terminology used by Jesus. In Acts chapter 8, or Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that terminology is with the Holy Spirit, not in the Holy Spirit, although that, you know, that's fine if you want to talk about it, but very specifically with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because in water baptism, you're baptized with water. Water is the agent by which the body goes into the water, but in water, the body displaces, the body displaces the water. It's, the water doesn't saturate your body or your spirit or your soul. It, you displace it. But with the baptism with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the agent of the baptism. And being the Holy Spirit, he saturates your spirit, soul, and body and provides a heavenly language which the Father fills with his knowledge. The tongues is is basically it's for prayer. It's for efficient prayer. That is that the Father had to find a way to bypass our limited knowledge. We don't know how to pray as we should. So he fills, a, a, he had to give us a language that we've never learned so that he could fill it with his knowledge, his words, his wisdom, his emotions, and then he puts it into our spirit, and then we pray that back to him, spirit, soul, and body. We pray that back to him, completing a loop, a legal transaction. We are now praying specific things for the Father's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, filled with his knowledge, because we have this language that we've never learned. We allow him to fill that with his knowledge, his wisdom, his will, his emotions, and we pray that to him so that he, that he could legally act in the earth. That's what tongues is all about. But for people both charismatic and non-charismatic, sometimes they're taught, when I'm born again, I have the Holy Spirit. And they think that's all there is. Or maybe they think uh, baptism with the Holy Spirit is not for me. It's not my gift is given for others. And I want to show you that that's incorrect. In Luke chapter 5, verses 36 and 37, Jesus said it this way. He said, you can't put new wine into an old wineskin or else that old wineskin will burst. Now, the, in the parable, the new wine is the Holy Spirit, and the wineskin is the human spirit. And he said, I can't put the Holy Spirit into the unborn again spirit of man, lest it destroy the person. 
because the Holy Spirit is pure and, and, you know, he's, he's of heaven and our, our spirit man being sinners, he can't, he can't put the Holy Spirit in, in an unborn again spirit. So Jesus said this, and again, Luke chapter five, verses 36 and 37, he said this, he said, so what you do is you make the wineskin new. Then once the wineskin is new, then you can put the new wine in. So he's talking about the new birth. You see, at his resurrection in John chapter 20 and verses 21 and 22, it says he breathed on the disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Whosoever sins you hold on to, they'll be held on to. Whosoever sins you want to release, they'll be released. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit to the creation of or the recreation of the human spirit. The fact that you are, your spirit man is born again, it is born of heavenly material recreated so that you are able to receive the new wine, but you haven't. Just because you have a new wineskin doesn't mean you've received the person of the new wine, the Holy Spirit. You've been recreated by the Spirit, so you can function in the things of God. You know God. Um, Ephesians 1.13 says, In whom you first, after you believe, you trusted and believed, and once you believed, then you were sealed by the Holy Spirit. And the word seal there in the Greek language is that of a, the way they used to do it with envelopes before we had glue for our envelopes. They would have melted wax and then they would take their ring and they would stamp that wax so that you would know who is sending the letter. It, the letter was addressed to somebody and it detected ownership. So sealing something with that signet, that ring in that wax in that day signified ownership, signified destination signified security, that it was private, that it was secret, that it was whatever the contents were, were held in confidence. And so we have that today. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit, denotes ownership, denotes our destination, and what is inside of us remains private between us and the Lord, our history and our future. But we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's Ephesians 1.13. That's not receiving the Holy Spirit. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You're born again. Your spirit man is recreated. Jesus said again in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. When I was a teenager and I was led to the Lord, there were several months when I, uh, you know, I was hungry for the Lord and hungry for everything. And I asked the Father one day and I was a little embarrassed to do it. I was hesitant. I was bashful. But I, I said, Father, I said, I don't mean to, to be un, un, ungrateful. I don't mean to be unthankful. But is this all there is? I thought there would be more. If I was born of your spirit and had your Holy Spirit, I thought I'd, I'd be more. Where is that power that Jesus talked about? And then, you know, the way the Father arranges things. Then I started hearing about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, it took me some time because I studied everything that I could about what everybody said. I read books by the charismatics and the non-charismatics. I read everything. My head was so full. And by the time we sat down, my wife uh, or my girlfriend, my future wife, Barb, and I sat down with our friends, Janie and Vic, and uh, received the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, uh, it took a little bit because I was not used to functioning to flowing out of my spirit. I was used to praising God out of my head, but I hadn't been in touch with why I truly love him and why I truly am thankful. And it took a little bit for me to get that out of me as I began worshiping. And, and Janie said, you know, you'll have suggestions of letters and syllables come across your mind. Speak them out by faith. Speak them out. And, and again, you know, because it's a language you've never learned. So there, so the Father God is filling that language with his will and his words and, and his emotions and his purpose. 
And it sounds foolish to the natural mind. You know, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the, the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. So you have to go beyond. Your faith has to be larger than your logic. And and I did. And, you know, it began to flow. And because it's a language, it's something that's it's not unlike a toddler. You know, you begin and and it's not much to it. And then you stay with it. And as you become more familiar with it and you are used to that communion with the Father and with the Lord, uh, there's a flow that develops and you develop what, what we call your prayer language. But my point is this. <clears throat> In Acts 19, verses 1 through 6, when Paul came up to Ephesus, which was 20 or 25 years after the day of Pentecost, 20, 25 years after the day of Pentecost, Paul comes to Acts, uh, Ephesus in Acts 19, 1 through 6. Just think about that. The dis- two decades. And he asks what he thinks are believers. And he says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we didn't know if there was a Holy Spirit. So the fact that Paul asked, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed, tells us that even back then there was often a gap between being born again and receiving the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that receiving the Holy Spirit uh, the, the sign of that, the initial indication of that is speaking in tongues. We have that in Acts 10.44. We have that in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, that they were speaking in tongues. They were speaking in this other language that they had never learned. We see this in Acts chapter 8, verses 15 through 17. Uh, but we see this in Ephesians chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, that they re- spoke in tongues. That's how they knew they'd received the Holy Spirit. So you're born again and you receive the Holy Spirit just to the extent that your spirit man is recreated and you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That means you can function in the things of God. Your destination is the Lord. Everything in you is between you and him. It's it's private. It's, it's something that he has done in you. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. That the again, water baptism displaces the water, but baptism with the spirit saturates you. The quote unquote water of the spirit doesn't get displaced. You actually are saturated spirit, soul, and body, and you start speaking in tongues. Now, I also want to mention, uh, also want to mention that um, you know, there are four groups of people who received the baptism with the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Sometimes we think, oh, that's not for me, that's our individual gift, and and that's because non-spirit-filled people. Uh, misunderstand Paul's talking about tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. So I want to take that out of the way before I mention the four groups of people. Um, you know, what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 14 is in a meeting, the tongues that needs to be interpreted. When you're moving in that tongues that needs to be interpreted, it's different than your normal prayer language. It, it, it is, it, it comes out with more volume. You know, it's not your normal prayer language and you normally you have the understanding, the basics. Uh, of, of what the, the subject matter is, even if somebody else will interpret that, you'll have the, you'll often have the basics of the, the understanding. But there's four groups of people that are, that are baptized with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. So I want to tell you that, that you fit within one of those four. And so that means that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is for you. The first, most obvious, is in Acts 2, 4, pure Jews received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, the day of Pentecost. The second group is the half-breeds, the Samaritans, in Acts chapter 8, verses 15 through 17. That is that they were part Jew and part Gentile. In fact, so you may feel like I am a mixed breed, I'm a mutt, I, you know, I don't belong to any one group. They received the baptism with the Holy Spirit in Acts 18, or Acts 8, verses 15 through 17. The third group of people is the Gentiles. 
the the Gentiles who believed in the God of Israel, that is Cornelius' household. He was a Roman, but he believed in the God of Israel. So you may be a Gentile, but you believe in the God of Israel. And that's seen in Acts 10.44, where Peter is speaking. And as he's talking about Jesus being raised from the dead, the Holy Spirit comes on them. They all speak in tongues. The Jews, in verses 44 through 47, were astonished because upon them the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out, just as on, on they. So you have pure Jews in Acts 2.44. You've got the half-breed, no, belong to no man, no country. In, in Acts 8, verses 15 through 17, you've got the Gentiles who believe in the God of Israel in Acts 10, 44 through 47. And then finally, in Ephesians chapter 19, and you can just read the whole chapter, but especially say verse 10 in particular, talks about pure pagans. The Ephesians that were pagans, the, the Gentiles of uh, which are non-Jewish people of, of Ephesus, the pagans who worshiped at Diana and everything else, repented, came to the Lord, burned their books on the occult and everything else. So that's pure pagans. So you've got Jews in Acts 2-4. You've got the, no, the, the mutts, the, the no, belong to no particular country in Acts chapter 8. You've got, uh, Gentile believers, uh, in the God of Israel in Acts 10. And you've got pagans ranked pagans, evil people in the occult in Acts 19. All four groups of people received the Holy Spirit. And I'm that's what I'm talking about today. The Holy Spirit, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is for you. Perhaps you've been born again. Perhaps you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You said, is this all there is? Where's that power? Where are the gifts of the Spirit in my life? You need the person of the Holy Spirit. So uh, we've got lots of resources on our, on our website for that. Uh, visit that, cwowi.org. Talk to somebody. There's two ways they received the baptism with the Holy Spirit in Scripture. In Acts 2.4 and Acts 10.44, the Holy Spirit just came upon them. That's what happened to my wife when we were dating. She was still my girlfriend back then, but she received all by herself, just worshiping the Lord up in her bedroom, just boom, she just received. Uh, the, the second way is they laid hands on them. Acts chapter 8, Verses 15 through 17, Peter and John came up and laid hands on the believers and they received the Holy Spirit. And the same thing with the Apostle Paul in Acts 19, 1 through 6, laid hands on them that prophesied and baptized with the Holy Spirit. And let me say this, many times I have followed the practice of Acts 19, verses 1 through 6, and had a person who's water baptized come up out of the water and be baptized with the Holy Spirit right then and speaking in tongues. Uh, it's amazing when the Lord does that. And you, if you perhaps you want to do that, be rebaptized because you are, know what you're talking about now with the Lord and you want to be rebaptized. You say, yeah, and when I come out of that water, I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. It can happen to you too. Anyway, God bless. Hope this has been a blessing and explain some things. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.